Good afternoon and welcome to Treasures of the Heart. Speaking of the heart, today is Valentine's Day, and I want to wish each and every one of you who are listening today a wonderful Valentine's Day. And I pray that the Lord blesses your heart. I I pray the Lord heals your heart. If there's an area that your heart's been bruised or crushed or broken, or if it's full of grief or anger or shame, you know, Jesus died to be able to help us to have his love within us. And his love is such a special love. It is not a human love. I mean, actually, God is love. But love has so many different forms. And people see love sometimes good, sometimes not so good. Because we measure and we gauge the love that we see from others, we we normally gauge that from as just human, worldly love. And, And especially if someone has hurt us or lied to us or manipulated us or betrayed us, Or, you know, put us down, try to destroy us. So it it hardens the heart. But God doesn't want us to have a heart of stone. God wants us to have a heart of flesh. And the only way that I know on God's good green earth as human beings while we are living here is to learn learn the way God loves and then ask God to fill our hearts with his kind of love, that pure love, that holy love, that love that isn't selfish, that love that's unconditional, that love that that doesn't seek the harm of others. It doesn't put ourselves above others. It, rather, it puts others above ourselves. And so 1 Corinthians 13 is what I preached on today. Um, and I'm actually so glad I get to be preaching in church again. But I, I want you to know that today should be a day uh, uh, that we celebrate love and, and the love that we have should be the love that's in our hearts. And we want to be sure what kind of love is in our hearts and what kind of love are we loving others with? And and how is God's love different from our love? And so I don't think that we can love anyone the way we should love them if we are not loving them as God loves us and has poured his love into our hearts. I mean, his love changes us, folk. You can't hold on to a grudge. You have to offer forgiveness. It's it's a it's an acceptance, not of sin, but it's an acceptance that God loves everyone. Not everyone loves God. And so, anyway, that's not what my message is about today, and I need to transition to that, but I do want you to have... Uh, just a wonderful Valentine's Day. And uh, I hopefully next week, I am going to be able to share with you what my new website is. And on there are so many things because we're going to have my blog page and we're going to have, uh, you know, the videos that I do on Facebook and YouTube. They'll be able to be on there. The radio message will now be able to be on the website. So if you like what you hear and you want someone else to hear it, now you can be able to go to the website. I also am starting an e-commerce store. I am doing some Ohio cottage food items, and some of those I can deliver locally. So I'm so excited about this new ministry outreach. And I will get that information to you 
as quickly as is, it is up and ready to go. But we are ready to go in the book of Revelation chapter 17. I ask you to read ahead. I, if you had time, I hope that you did that. It is a very uh, difficult book with so much symbolism. I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to uh, really do it justice in the time that we have or that I'm able to even explain everything that is in it because I am challenged and I'm being honest with you in some of these things. But I have a general view, a general understanding, and that I will share with you. So have your Bibles ready. Turn to Revelation 17, and we are going to read together, and I will stop in those places where I feel I need to maybe expound a little bit and giving some explanation. So if you want to get a tablet, a pen, have yourself ready. I mean, be a student that is ready to show yourself approved of the Word of God. You can interpret it correctly because the truth is what sets us free, my friends. So let's start. Verse 1, Revelation 17. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and spoke with me, saying, Come here, I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who sits on many waters. Now, before we go any further, in this symbolism already, the great prostitute is known as the ancient city of Babylon. And then it went to the Roman Empire. And then whatever it will be during the Antichrist time, Babylon is symbolic of being full of evil. And so that's why that's uh, given the name the great prostitute, because Babylon was full of evil. Babylon worshipped other gods. And so that's like that adultery that they, they forsook their God, the living God, and they went to other gods, and they were terrible. So that's, that's in the, and when it says that the great prostitute who sits on many waters, a lot of times water is symbolic of it, and then we'll call it like a sea of people. And so that, that there would be this city that is, that is just on many, they have many people in the cities. So well, let's go on, verse 2. With whom the kings of the earth committed acts of sexual immorality, and those and sexual immorality is having sexual acts that are not according to God's law. Um, and those those are many, and they're listed in the Bible, but that's not our, our lesson for today. But that's what is meant. And it's also that sexual immorality, again, of also idolatry. So verse 3 says, And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness. Remember, the spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. God led his people after they got um, free from slavery into the wilderness, we're starting Lent coming up on the 17th of this month. And, you know, that is our time when we look at our own wilderness and we look at the time of Lent and the preparation that we need to make to be ready to celebrate Easter. So it's 40 days starting next Wednesday. But anyway, so those are those, and we're being led in the spirit. John says, he's carrying me away into the wilderness. And then John says, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, scarlet being red, full of blasphemous names. And remember, blasphemous means cursing God. You know, God is no good. God is evil. God's the one. God's lying to you. So they're going to try to deceive the people, right? So they're just blaspheming Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God. And, and then it says this beast has seven heads and ten horns. Now, as we move through the book uh, or this chapter, you will see how some of that is explained. So just hold tight there. Verse four, the woman was clothed in purple and scarlet. Now we have purple and red and adorned 
with gold, precious stones, and pearls, holding in her hand a gold cup full of the abominations and of the unclean things of her sexual immorality. And on her forehead a name was written, a mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of the abominations of the earth. Now, before we go to verse 6, I want you to see that they're showing that here is here's this city, here's this uh, evil city that is wealthy, prosperous. I mean, they have all of this expensive, royal clothing, and and they're they've got gold, but pearls, but in her hand, the gold cup is full of abominations, unclean things. Remember when Jesus said to the religious leaders that they were nothing but whitewashed tombs. They all looked good on the outside, but on the inside, they were judgmental and they were taskmasters. And so, you know, it's it's a, it's just a revealing of, you know, what looks good on the outside isn't always so good on the inside. I mean, you might have met a gorgeous guy or a beautiful woman. They just look like the epitome of beauty on the outside. But their attitude, their meanness, their cruelty, the condition of their heart was bad. And so that's what this is like. They're portraying that with the Antichrist, I'm sure. I mean, everything looks good with him, right? That's why everybody on the earth is following him. You know, it's like the angel of light making everything look good before he turns the table on everyone. And so this is this is how we're, we're going through this. And now verse six, I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of of the witnesses of Jesus. And when I saw her, John said, I wondered greatly. Now, so here this woman is, she this this great prostitute, this whether it's Babylon or the Roman Empire or whatever is great or whatever whatever city or kingdom this antichrist creates on earth, it is going to look amazing. It's going to be blessing those who took the mark of the beast or sealed with the mark of the beast. And so it's going to look so good on the outside. But oh, it is not good, my friends. Um, All that sparkles are not diamonds, right? So not gems. And so it says here that she was drunk with the blood of the saints. You know, there are those who are lustful. The more power they get, the more power they want. And there are those who kill, and the blood makes them want to kill more and kill more. And there are those who create fires, the arsons. And the more they see the fire, the more they want to create and see more fire and the burning. And so this is a sickness, my friends. I mean, this is not good, right? So it says now the angel is now coming and talking to John again and said to him, Why do you wonder? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. Verse 8. The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to come up out of the abyss and go to destruction. Now, remember I told you everything that the enemy does, he tries to do it to mock the Lord. You know, and so, I mean, you know, there's God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we've got Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. You know, and so he's always trying to mimic. That's why he. this is called the Antichrist. Everything that was good with Christ is now going to be just tainted because of the Antichrist. So he is saying, if you remember about the Lord, it said that, you know, he is and was and is to come. So here we have the angel saying that this beast was and is not and will come. Well, what does that mean? Well, I mean, he obviously, the enemy was here when when Jesus 
you know, came even as a baby, you know, and he met him in the wilderness. But then after that, Jesus got ahead of the enemy. I mean, he was the one that was the, the most powerful, had the most authority while he was here on earth. So the enemy kind of like had to take back seat to Jesus while Jesus was here. But then he comes back here in this book of Revelation, full steam ahead. And so that is why the angel was saying, you know, he was, maybe not now, but he's coming again. Verse 9, here is the mind which has wisdom. Now we're going to have to try to get the symbolism of this. So he's trying to have our minds grasp what he's about to say. So the seven heads are seven mountains upon which the woman sits, and they are seven kings. So let's do it again. The seven heads are seven mountains upon which the woman sits. You know, she said she was sitting on the many waters. Now she's sitting on mountains. Remember I told you it could be, you know, this huge like Babylon city, the Roman Empire, seas of people. Verse 10, and they are seven kings. Five have fallen. One is the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must remain a little while. So again, we've got kings that were, five are gone, one is yet to come, and when he comes, he just stays a little while. Verse 11, the beast which was and is not is himself also an eighth and is one of the seven. <laughs> I know that sounds really strange, but it, it, it just bear with me here. And he goes to destruction. That's the most important thing that you need to hear. All right, the beast which was and is not is himself also an eighth and is one of the seven, and he goes to destruction. So we can say, glory, hallelujah, we see the end of the beast is, is going to be destroyed. Verse 12, now, the ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom. So they're, they're growing up, they're coming in, just like King David, right? Before he was a king, he was, he was growing up, he was coming in, he was being trained, you know, and then Saul tried to chase him down, but he eventually became king. So these kings, right, they are coming on the scene. They just don't have a kingdom yet, but they receive authority as kings with the beast for one hour. So the beast is going to allow them to have authority. He will grant it to them by his power and authority, but they only have it for one hour. And then it says these have one purpose and they give their power and authority to the beast. Now, I'm going to close very quickly here at the end because we get the victory. Verse 14 through 18. And he said, oh, I'm sorry. These will wage war against the lamb, speaking of the lamb of God, and the lamb will overcome them because he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And those who are with him are the called and chosen and faithful. And he said to me, John said, the waters which you saw where the prostitute sits are peoples and multitudes and nations and languages. And the ten horns which you saw and the beast which will hate the prostitute and will make her desolate and naked and will eat her flesh and will burn her up with fire. Now that means the enemy is going to turn on her. So I got to go quickly. I'm almost out of time. For God has put it in their hearts to execute his purpose by having a common purpose and by giving their kingdom to the beast until the words of God will be fulfilled. The woman whom you saw is the great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. My friends, Jesus, the Lamb of God is the victor. The beast is going to turn on the nations that he created and destroy them. You... Got to get with me next week. It's going to be good, my friends. God bless you. Again, happy Valentine's Day. This is Pastor Duane with Treasures of the Heart.